Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Liz Moisen, Product Innovation Specialist at the Virginia Mason Medical Center. Toyota pioneered lean manufacturing. And I get it, houses aren't cars. But then again, neither are people. And yet, Virginia Mason Medical Center has applied lean since 2002. Liz is here to share how they've applied the lean principles to their industry and share ways you can use the same principles in remodeling. You are causing a major disturbance on my time. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tips, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. And I'm here with my co-host, Mark Harari. You sure are. You know, this is awesome because you know I believe in learning from other industries. All the time. You the know, best stuff comes from outside of yeah. your own industry. I mean, you can't just say all, all myopic and state all, everything that has to be done within ours. So we're going to learn from a pro in another industry today, which is very exciting. It's super exciting. You can get the best stuff out of looking outside of your own world. You know, in a, and in addition, we're going to be talking about one of our hot topics, which Doug Howard, our director of consulting, is all over, which is lean. Lean, the, lean. The whole process of lean. Toyota rocked it. Right. And everybody's picking up the ball and carrying it. And while we know that lean has been applied to manufacturing for many years, it's now so much going through the service industry. So I'm very excited to talk to our guest today. Shall we start? Let's go for it. All right, Liz Moisen. She is the wife of one of our roundtable members, Matt Moisen, which is awesome because he recommended that we speak to her, and we're very excited about that. She's been, again, a practitioner of the Virginia Mason Production System, VMPS, since 2008. She teaches, facilitates, and works to continually evolve how Kaizen, or lean, is applied in the healthcare setting. And so, again, we're excited to have you. Welcome, Liz. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. So you've had a lot of education in this area, right? I have. Um, very homegrown here at Virginia Mason. And um, that's kind of initially what attracted me to Virginia Mason is knowing that they had this culture of continuous improvement. And so I came here really that was all I knew about it and then I've I've learned from being here. Now is your background in healthcare? My background is not in healthcare. My background is in theater. Wow. <laughs> so that's a stretch. There you go. <laughs> yes. So how did you make this transition? Um I had often found myself in careers just doing management mm-hmm. and um, when I knew someone that worked here and socially and often we were talking about our work and she talked about how Virginia Mason had this culture of continuous improvement mm-hmm. and how they were often empowered to make these changes and it just very much intrigued me and so when a position opened up here I applied and I've been here since 2007. Now tell me what is Virginia Mason? Virginia Mason is a medical center in Seattle, Washington. Um, We're located downtown for our main hospital. We have clinics out in some of the suburb areas as well. So when we talk about you being a practitioner of the Virginia Mason production system, what does that mean? 
So what we have done here is we've taken the Toyota production system, which is lean manufacturing, we've modified it to healthcare. And so we've done that over many years of evolving. We have senseis that come over about senseis. five times a year. Senseis. Yes. Sensei. So that's the Japanese word for teacher. Um, we work with a company called Shingajitsu. And so they have some folks that started out in Toyota and left Toyota to have their own consulting firm and still work very closely with Toyota. So they come over and they, they keep us honest. <laughs> they push us, um, make sure that we're staying true to the tools and also evolving for healthcare. So you've been there quite some time. So you've seen a lot of this evolution? I have, I have. And that's what my current position really focuses on evolution. So I've been, um, I work in our Kaizen promotion office. So Kaizen means um, continuous improvement. And we partner with the operations and we go into the areas and we study processes and we really work to decrease waste and to eliminate defects. Um, One thing that we really resonates, I think, with us is that Toyota production system focuses on empowering the worker, right? Reduce the burden of work on the worker by reducing waste. And we've really looked at that as well. So how can we reduce the work of our frontline staff, um, waste, uh, walking defects, which are mistakes that go uncorrected, and set the process up to support the person to do the best work. The whole process, you, you don't look at the entire elephant, as they say, right? You you find one specific little thing and say, okay, there it is. There's a problem and let's fix that. Is that correct? Correct. So we start with um, studying a process by value stream mapping. So a lot of Lean does this. It's a methodology of you decide what your start and end points are. So it could be anything as high level as from the time a patient checks in until the time that they leave for the day. And you could also just have your value stream be on the check-in process itself. Mm-hmm. So we often describe it as, are you looking at the forest, the trees, the leaf? Like how, how close are you getting into study? And your value stream map can reflect that. So your steps are either high level or you zero in nice and close. So in the case of remodeling, you could look at, um, is it the time we're doing client intake until the job wraps up? Or maybe you're looking at a particular, just the estimation process. Could you give one specific example of something you identified and then what you did to fix it? Sure. So we do this a few ways. We have what we call daily Kaizen, which can be just little small fixes often identified by frontline staff where they can just say, um, Hey, we've noticed a very recent one that just happened was a nurse was noticing we have these um, units that stock out medications that nurses badge in, they take the medication they need, they scan it, and they, the machine locks again. And the most highly used medications were actually being stocked in the bottom shelf. Wow. So there was a lot of bending and twisting they were doing on a daily basis. So they worked with their pharmacy technician ran some reports to see what the most highly used, most frequently used medications were on that floor. And they reorganized the cell so that the point of use was right here at waist level, eliminating that bending and twisting. And it was so important because for nurses, they have a lot of back injuries. There's so much they can do. So anything that we can do to keep our workers safe 
is very important. And that's something that we're going to be able to spread to different levels in the hospital. You know, I've, I've heard that there are the eight different types of waste, travel, movement, uh, inventory, and yada, yada. Do you find that the wastes that you see tend to accumulate in one particular category? Is there one most popular kind of waste that you see? I think the easiest one to see or to feel in healthcare is waiting. I can attest uh, to well, that. Something from a patient perspective, <laughs> I've, I've spent many times in an emergency room, and I'm tired right, of waiting. Right. <laughs> exactly. So you're waiting for that next service to happen, um, and so I think there's often a waste will fall into a couple different buckets. One of the first things we do in our classes is have people take. Um, we've got a sheet, and they go out and they look for wastes in their areas, and we have them identify seven different um, areas that those wastes are happening. So um, really identify what is a waste of transportation that's happening in your department or what is a waste of inventory when you have too much of something. And we've done a lot of work in that too. So in exam rooms, um, really trying to understand how many um, pieces of equipment or supplies do you use? If you have too much sitting there, it's going to expire. And um, all of those things go into why healthcare is so expensive. I love I love that you brought that up because it seems to me that that's, that's a inherent human fear, though. I don't want to run out. So isn't yes. that like an issue? Because what, I'd rather have a little bit more and not have to run out. Right. Um, and so I often think about lean. Sometimes lean gets a bad rap because people think lean is just not having very much of something when really it's having exactly the right amount when you need it and where you need it. And so you have to understand your demand. You have to know how many you go through and um, being able to replenish. And if you think of the downside of that is if you have too much, if it's squirreled away somewhere, um, the last thing you want to do is use an expired um, supply on a patient and that could that could harm someone. So it's really working with our supply chain and our medical assistants and everybody to really understand how many syringes do you go through in a day? But so then, is there a bad, is it bad to have more? I mean, like for syringes, for example, yeah. is that a bad thing? Well, it's not a good thing um, <laughs> for that reason of expiration dates. So especially uh, with supplies and mm-hmm. that's also, that's money that could be invested into something else. Um, sometimes if you have too much in a drawer, you can't close it and you're going to jam it shut and things okay. can get broken. So it's all of those little things. But when that's happening in 300 rooms, it adds up. So really trying to understand what's the right thing to have. Now, you mentioned something about when you're training people, right? So how many levels of employees do you train and and what are some of the most important things you do to train them? This is one thing that I think makes Virginia Mason unique. A lot of healthcare systems have um, process improvement consultants or um, a group or a department like we have, and the process improvement really lives with them. Virginia Mason is different because every single employee gets an introduction to VMPS. So everybody has a baseline learning when they start so that they understand when we're talking about waste, um, that that has some kind of a context. And then all of our leaders, supervisor, all the way up through vice president, 
they have um, what we call VMPS for leaders. So that's usually about a year long. There are several classes, and by the end, they are trained and able to run what we call a Kaizen event. Mm-hmm. It's a two-day improvement workshop. And the expectation is that at a minimum, they have one of those a year that they lead. The next level is advanced VMPS. So that's required for our higher level, so administrative director, vice presidents. It's required for them to take, um, everyone in my department is required to take that. And then kind of people can apply. And that's deeper learning, deeper understanding. At the culmination of that, you're what we call certified and you're able to lead our five-day workshops. Okay, wow. And then we also have a fellowship. And that's um, a year and a half long, they choose a small number, usually six people, and those are people that want to continue to learn even more. And they have one project that they really do some intense learning and coaching on. Liz, this is it, – it's like when you hear somebody that's doing it and actively participating in it, it just kind of sounds like a forehead slap. Like, yeah, sounds great, obvious. But when you're just starting out, you've never done it before, where, where do you start? Because – I'm hearing you and it sounds great, but then I turn around and look at my company and think, um, now what? Now what? Good. So I would start by learning about the wastes. So, and that's something that you can Google. So you can Google, um, so Taiichi Ono was really the founder of the Toyota production system and he had seven wastes that he started with. Mm. So we also talk often about going out in your Ono circle. So channel Taiichi Ono and that means look around and watch something with big eyes, big ears and little mouths. So it's really hard for those of us that are leaders and managers or owners <laughs> to don't intervene, just watch and just try to understand the process. And from that, engage engage your folks and engage the people that work for you um, to try to understand what it's like from their perspective. Um, what are the things that are their rocks in their shoes? So those little things that are, can be annoyances, but every day they're developing workarounds. And so what you're doing is you're partnering with them and empowering them to say, tell me what's bothering you. Tell me what's a rock in your shoe and start chipping away at those. And that's how you earn the buy-in for any future bigger changes. Do you find that some employees have a difficult time moving away from the status quo? Yes. They they just can't see another way to do it. How How do you help them see So I think those people are the great ones to start with to ask them what's bothering them and be able to work with them for the solution. So moving away from that culture of you're my manager, so you fix it, and moving more towards a let's fix it together. Uh Often the people that are closest to the work best know how to fix the work. So really partnering with them. And usually they'll see some, they'll see some success. Um, We have always had a history of, there's some people that have really resisted it, um, especially with the hierarchy of medicine. In the Uh past, I think there was a lot of, um, well, I'm the doctor or the surgeon, so I know the best way to run my OR. And that was a big culture shift that had to change and uh, really led by our CEO and our president of saying, we're all on equal 
footing in improvement work. Mm -hmm. And so breaking down those walls and breaking down those barriers, I think can start to create that culture of improvement. Mm -hmm. Liz, earlier you mentioned the sensei that came in. Um, So do you think it, it seems like, well, yes, you can probably do this on your own, but do you think you should have a guide, someone outside of your organization to help you out or should you try it on your own? How do you, how do you feel about that? I think that everyone can start it on their own. And then if you get to the, some of it depends, I think, on how how big is your company? Um, do you think you get to the point that you've exceeded kind of your self-learning and you need to get help? I really like the idea of RA where you're able to connect with um, others in your industry and other people that are struggling. And we always say no one should Kaizen alone. Um, <laughs> It can be a tough thing to do on your own and to stick to it and to know how to try things from other areas. I mean, it's all about transparency and and pushing ourselves to improve. So um, our vision here is to transform healthcare. And we really look at that as not just making Virginia Mason better, but really transforming all of healthcare. And so you have to do that by partnerships and, and sharing Kaizen. And so I would see it in your industry having to do the same thing. So there's a point to all this, right? We're not doing this to just do it. We're doing it for a reason, increased productivity, more efficiency, that sort of thing. Do you have any statistics that you can share with us about your organization and maybe some of the changes some of the improvements that have happened over the years we have done things and i don't have exact numbers in front of me but we have done a lot to reduce our length of stay in the hospital Mm -hmm. and so that is one that is something that cost will follow but also it keeps patients safer right the longer you are in the hospital Mm -hmm. the more you have risks of additional infections or injuries or falls so it keeps patients safer to get them home or into the facility that they need to be in. And then also um, cost savings happen with that. Um, Dramatic improvements in a lot of our supply reduction. So when we actually learned good 5S and figured out um, what are the number of supplies that we needed to have. Mm -hmm. And also working with our vendors. So that's something that Toyota did a lot too. They really pioneered saying, we don't need to get our shipments when you say in in this push matter, we can pull and work with our vendors to make sure that they're dropping off things in ways that we need. So a lot of time reduction. So both time in clinic and then time in the hospital. Uh, Patient satisfaction has gone way up as well as staff engagement and staff satisfaction. If a lot of patients, and sometimes it's a little less tangible, but I was just doing some interviews of surgical patients and a lot of them were saying like, something is different here. I see a lot of teamwork. I see how your process seems to click along. And so I think that's also really satisfying when when your end user notices something's different. Now you mentioned 5S. We explain that. Oh, yes. Sorry. Um, So there are five S's and they are sort, simplify, standardize, sweep, and self-discipline. And so that is a way to organize, really a way to keep your workplace safe and organized is five S. 
I really knew that it was embedded when Matt came home one day and had mentioned something about needing to 5S the garage. <laughs> it, made my, it made my Kaizen heart happy. <laughs> but it just proves that a lot of these lean principles are things that we already know. And they already resonate with many of us. And this just gives us a common language and a way to identify it. So if you're trying to get tools out of a workshop and it's a mess, you're wasting time. You're most likely going to have damaged tools because they haven't been taken care of. So that's something that we learned from the factory. And that's something that can also, I think, be one of those baseline improvements. It gives you the foundation And once you have that, you're able to maybe move on to the next. Liz, do you have any books or any other resources that you might recommend? I mean, we have a great website that we're starting to populate heavily called leanremodeling.com. But do you have any other books or resources that would help people really get started in this process? Well, I think you can start with the Toyota way. Okay. That is a great one to start with. That explains Toyota's history with it. Mm-hmm. And um, we also, if you're interested in healthcare, there's Transforming Healthcare, which is Virginia Mason's story. Nice. Yeah. So those are those are great ones to start with. You, you mentioned the five five S. I, I've got a sixth S for you. Okay. So are you ready for the lightning round? And now, here's the Remodeler's Advantage Lightning Round. It's a trap! That was a reach, okay, but hey, that's what I do. Okay. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. What's your favorite business book and why? So, my favorite business book is actually Crucial Conversation. Love it! Me too! The why is you can use this at work, you can use this at home. It focuses on when there's strong emotions, high stress, and opposing opinions. And so I think we can all identify when that happens. And with change management, that can happen a lot. If you weren't a product innovation specialist, what do you think you'd be doing? I think that if I hadn't started on this path and and realized this whole thing existed, I would probably still be doing something with theater. Mm. What are you not very good at? I am not very good at hiding what I think. So (laughs) everything I think passes across my face. (laughs) Your room, your desk, or your car, which do you clean first? So using the principles of 5S, um, (laughs) I make sure that my desk is what we call swept every every night if you had a theme song what would it be don't stop believing by journey (laughs) (laughs) and if you had a time machine would you go forwards or back i would have to go back and i'd really have to see shakespeare in action wow that's cool hey this has been wonderful liz thank you so much for spending the time with us i love learning from other industries i think it just it's just so cool to hear how other people are putting together the things that can work in our world. Thank you. Me too. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be able to talk about this and share it. Now, before you go, though, yes. I want you to share with our listening audience your five words of wisdom and why they resonated with you. Okay. So my five words are focus on relentlessly removing waste. Hey, I like that. Okay. So why is that? So I- I think that will lead you to the 
principles of Kaizen. I think if you focus on removing waste instead of focusing on cost reduction, mm-hmm. you're really going to find what matters to the people. And this is all about people. That's great. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Liz. That was very profound. I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) So tell your husband, Matt, our roundtable member, that we thank him very much for recommending you. And thank you so much for being here. I will. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thanks, Liz. I tell you, I have that book, The Toyota Way, on my bookshelf. I've read it once, but it's been quite some time. I am picking it back up tonight and going to read it again. It's good stuff, and it's great to see how... (laughs) You know, I think it's funny that she was going to be in theater. Why do you say And that? then she went into medicine. I don't know, because I've experienced a lot of doctors, and I think they're all actors because they don't know what the <laughs> heck they're doing. So oh, no. I'm starting to see a, a common theme there. <laughs> yeah. She was great, though. I mean, you could tell she was very passionate about it. Yeah, it was And knowledgeable. So I wonder how she, you know, how long it took her to get from theater to being such an expert on this. And the other thing about bringing in a, what, a sensei? Like, wow. Sensei. Sensei. Didn't you ever watch The Karate Kid? I did. Sensei. Wow. That's Sensei. Sensei. (laughs) But yeah, it's bringing someone in to help out. And I I think that's very much the case. I mean, isn't that with most things? Yes, you can start out on your own. You can give it a shot. But eventually you're going to need someone to help you guide you through it. I would definitely need a Sensei to help guide me because of one thing she said. Hmm. Big eyes, big ears, and little mouths. Yeah, really. That does not work with me. <laughs> Something for you to strive toward. Yeah. yeah I, I tend to have a big mouth. <laughs> well, this is a good one. I it like is. it. And I like learning from outside the industry. we got to get more people from other other aspects of life to come in and share their stories with us. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I mean, we've this is probably our third or fourth episode on some aspect of lean. I think mm-hmm. it was a great perspective. As always, we have leanremodeling.com, but um, we need to keep filling that with resources because it's far from complete. Mm-hmm. So this is a topic that I think will resonate with everyone out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. We want to thank Liz very much for being here and sharing her insights on Lean. And as always, we want to thank you for joining us week in and week out. I am Mark Harari. And I'm Victoria Downing. We'll see you next time. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the Remodeler's Guide to Business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about roundtables our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.